Greetings, fine people, frankly, the finest folk, the best folk, frankly. Well, I have a fire going. Copper star, good afternoon, kings and Catholic. In parentheses, plural. Will he show himself today? John Noel, good afternoon, fine sir. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to have you on. So my wife and I were uh, just chatting about a video that we made about, you know, Whenever you're at family gatherings, it doesn't have to be family gatherings. It can be anywhere where there's, you know, people resort to small talk of like, so what do you do? And my wife is a homemaker. My wife works for me, for our household. And that vision, there is no vision for the homemaker. There is no vision for the household um, in popular culture anymore. Uh, If there is, it's a straw man. You know, it's a 1950s uh, wife at home who is dastardly depressed while her husband is some tyrannical suit-wearing uh, guy and they have two kids in the suburb and life is very depressing. You know, that's the, you know. So anyway, we, we were chatting about this video we made of people don't have a vision for homemaking. So when they ask my wife, what does she do? And she says, well, I work for my husband or I'm a homemaker or, you know, whatever uh, description. <clears throat> you know, there's there's... There's two, there's two ver- uh, deviations of what the response is. It's either a total like I, I don't know what, you know what is that, or number two, it's it's ladies who are so far in cost into being a wage slave, into being a boss babe, into being a academic, into being you know in the feminist cultural system that they are either resentful. Or judgmental, you know, so they're either resentful that they never uh, were able to be a homemaker or uh, have a, a patriarchal family, or they're critical in order to protect their position, you know, very judgmental or whatever. Um, and so we made that video. And the, in the comments, there was a lady who was like, you know, we always get, because our whole thing with our videos is we're not aiming at the older audience of ladies and, and men. We're aiming at the young, you know, teenage to young 20s and 30s guys and girls who are still trying to figure out their life trajectory, who are still trying to figure out, do I want to live to a biblical worldview or do I want to live and conform to the ways of the world, to the culture of the world? You know, that whole Romans 12 thing of do not conform to the culture, but renew your mind. We're trying to give a biblical vision to renew people's minds of what is possible, what is what is available uh, for young men and young women to do. You know, for young men, reject nihilism, reject individualism, uh, become a patriarch. You know, for young ladies, reject feminism, reject consumerism, and and become a matriarch. You know, <clears throat> and so we we always get comments of like these, and I'm sure it's always older women who are bitter, and it's like you know, well, I'm the exception. And here's my sob story. Here's my bad testimony. Here's how my husband left me or my husband got sick or my husband died or my husband beat me or my, you know, whatever. They're like, well, must be nice, but here's what actually happens. You know, it's like, no, 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 like delete. We're not going to have your crap bad testimonies uh, on our positive vision channel. Like get out of here. But we also know that this is the common feminist cope. You know, the feminist cope is that, well, you have to have something to fall back on in case your husband is a deadbeat or in case your husband is abusive or in case your husband dies or in case your husband leaves you. You know, all these feminist cope kind of uh, straw men. 
You know, does it happen? Yes. Does does motor vehicle deaths happen? Yes. Does the vast majority of the world still use motor vehicles? Yes. It's like it's the same thing with with uh, all these feminist tropes. It's like you guys are all the crazy exceptions, and it's because you shouldn't be driving drunk. It's because you shouldn't be out driving past 10 p.m. at night. Statistically, the most deaths happen when you drive late at night. You shouldn't be driving on the wrong side of the road. You shouldn't be driving if you can't see. You shouldn't be driving a vehicle that has, you know, like put in all the reasons, you know. So anyway, I wanted to label today's stream feminist cope-proofing your patriarchal family. <clears throat> Drongo, good evening, Panzer. Alan Adele, welcome. I'm honestly surprised that you're using kettlebells instead of Indian clubs. Well, sir, I'll have you know that I do not know where to procure said Indian clubs. I I would, uh, given the chance. Mr. Max, uh, the actual fitness trainer in the room has arrived. Welcome, fine sir. Copper star, imagine including women in media. Repeal the 19th in the comments <laughs> and in our hearts. <laughs> so good. Repeal it in the comments. So I wanted to, you know, so we, we made a response video. We knocked out a quick little response video today that we'll we'll upload uh, tomorrow. But, um, you know, I was like, here's my response to all of these Debbie Downer feminists who have a sunken cost. You know, number one, you know, you have to empathize with these normies. They, they, they swallowed the cultural lies, the cultural norms. They, they, followed, you know, hook, line, and sinker, uh, the university to wage slave uh, pipeline. And so, you know, we can have compassion. But I'm not going to stop pushing God's ways just because the people who didn't follow God's ways uh, are upset, you know. And I always say that with our own lives. You know, I'm repenting of libertarianism. My wife is repenting of feminism. We are coming back with our learnings to the younger, you know, what do we wish someone had, what do I wish, you know, if 31 year old me could have gone back to 15 year old Scott, to 20 year old Scott, to 25 year old Scott. That's the point of a father. That's the point of a mother is to say, here's what I've learned. Don't do the things that made me, that were painful or were, uh, you know, terrible results. Do the things that I've done that are good, that I've found out are good. And that's our, our, our whole thing is, you know, we want, to, we want to help people turn their pain of foolishness back into wisdom for the next generation. And it's so hard. It's so hard uh, for ladies with their sunken cost to do that. You know, it, it does happen, praise God, but it's very hard for them to do that. And so this is what my wife and I have turned around back to the younger people just to say, here was all of our foolishness. We have seen that you shouldn't do this. You know, uh, you should not conform to the culture, but you should have your mind renewed uh, by the word of God, by the ways of God, by the ways that he has uh, built through common, you know, the natural grace that God has laid out. You know, you go and find these giga chads who are absolutely crushing in family, in giving their gift, in economy, in institutions, and you're like, oh, "Wait a tick, he's doing it differently than everyone told me I should do it." Uh, can I, can I take some notes, please? And so we've come back, you know. So, so we made this list today in, in this video. You know, how do you feminist cope proof your patriarchal family? And there's there's two kind of 
pieces here uh, to go into. Pieces for the men, which we, we will discuss, and then pieces for the women, which we will discuss. <clears throat> but let's let's start off with the men. You know, number one straw man trope is, well, what if my husband dies? I need something to fall back on. Or, you know, my husband got a disability and now I have to go work. And it's like, you know, so here's the number one takeaway. Life insurance and disability insurance, you know. For about, I don't know, anywhere from, depending on your risk profile, anywhere from like 100 bucks to like 500 bucks a year. So that's like at most 50 bucks a month. You can get half a million up to like $2 million worth of life insurance. So when you die, which we all will die, gentlemen, every man will die. You know, it's like, what if your husband dies? Every husband dies. So when your husband dies, uh, you will have a nice lump sum of money coming your way, which means you do not have to go and work. You know, it's the most wise thing economically that a man, financially, that a man can do for his for his family, for his household, is life insurance. And then disability insurance, same thing, right? Disability insurance is like, oh, you got disabled. Well, here is, you know, I think it's like something like 75% of your income uh, guaranteed, you know, it's like, you still get in, you still get an income, you know, you still sort it out. So that is the number one fail-safe ADIQ way to feminism cope proof your patriarchal marriage. Please, for the love of God, gentlemen, you know, there is someone in your church who sells life insurance. How do you know? He will tell you. Shake him by the hand and say, God bless you, sir. Please sign me up for life insurance and disability insurance. You can go on to like Dave Ramsey's website and find out all of his people that he endorses. Like, go do it, go get it done, done. You've you've ticked off an easy, basic way to feminism proof, cope proof your patriarchal family. <clears throat> Number two, Dave Ramsey in the sheets, Robert Kiyosaki in the streets. What I mean by this is take uh, start listening to Dave Ramsey's podcast. You don't have to take his courses. You don't have to read his book. I, I read his book and went through a few of modules of his courses. Um, but more than that, it's just get the vision. What is his vision? It's get out of debt, get out of all your debt. And, uh, and he's phenomenal at that. You follow his podcast. It's just testimony, testimony, positive vision, but like we got out of debt, we got out of debt, get out of debt. You know, so my wife had student loan debt. Uh, we both had credit card debt. And, you know, on her little meager Trader Joe's uh, salary and my little meager restaurant hospitality salary, uh, we got out of all our debt, paid off all our debt. And that's a wonderful thing that Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey in the sheets, you know, so at home in your own little personal life, pay off all your debts, pay off all your debts, become consumer free, right? Consumption, debt and consumption will destroy your life if you do not rule over it. Dave Ramsey in the sheets, right, at home. Then, you know, you go and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I highly recommend. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, really good read. Uh, Kiyosaki's a storyteller. He's a great storyteller. And basically what he is, is teaching is to, because the government has destroyed money, you know, with the Federal Reserve just printing to oblivion, and then basically uh, th that's a whole rabbit trail, which, which you'll, you'll read about. I'm sure a lot of you gentlemen are already privy to all of this, but feminists are not. But basically, 
uh, inflation is destroying uh, the wealth of those who do not have assets to protect or to to pin uh, that currency to. So what he means by this is you go get a job, you get paid, you know, 500 bucks a week, 1000 bucks a week, whatever your, you know, whatever your thing is, 10,000, God bless you. And um, that money, you know, we immediately go and buy consumer goods. We immediately go and spend it on, you know, rent and food and travel and car and entertainment and blah, blah, blah. And that's how most people live is paycheck to paycheck, which means they're, they're constantly just spending their money. And then next week, I earn more money. And that's fine in a booming economy, uh, you know, where you're assured of, of uh, your income next week, you know, because there's job, uh, job security. And where there is not rampant inflation, where you are assured of your buying power next week. Now, next week, we kind of are. But 10 years from now, oh, all the prices have doubled. 10 years from, oh, all the prices have doubled. You know, that's why, like, you can speak to boomers and be like, well, I bought my house for $3,000. You know, it's like, it's now worth like a million dollars. That's inflation. It's inflation. Obviously, and also immigration pumping the heck out of the um, the housing market and divorce pumping the heck out of the housing market, sure. But also inflation. Robert Kiyosaki, his whole thing is we have to, get out of um, consumer debt, liabilities is what he calls it, which Dave Ramsey is wonderful at. But then you have to graduate to asset wealth. We have to be building asset wealth. So you have income coming in, cash cash flow coming in from your job. And yes, you live on it. You, you, uh, you, know, you pay your expenses. You have fun. You have entertainment. But if you're not buying property, if you're not buying businesses, if you're not buying equipment with which to make more money or value or product, you are not pegging your your money to anything and it's going to be inflated away. And so, you know, the easiest thing, like that's why, you know, BlackRock cornering the housing market is a, is a problem for the middle class. It's destroying the middle class because buying a house was the like number one asset class for the middle class, because you would buy a house, just pay your monthlies, you know, it's cheaper than it would have been for rent. And at the end of 20 years, uh, you have an asset, which is keeping pace with inflation. And because of all the factors playing in around you of immigration and divorce, not only is it hedged against inflation, it's hedged against immigration, it's hedged against divorce, because it's keeping pace with value, you're not losing your value. It's the same thing with businesses, right? If you buy into a business, well, how do you buy a business? Well, either you invest in stocks, the stock market is, biz- you're, you're buying into businesses. Or you can literally invest in someone's business of like, hey man, here's $10,000. I'm a 50% owner of your plumbing business. And then you get profit share in that person's business. You own uh, a share in that person's uh, assets, the, the equipment needed to create cash flow of that business. Another one is, yeah, you start your own business. You know, oh, I'm a plumber. I'm going to start a business. And that obviously takes investment. It takes cash flow. So instead of spending all your money on credit card and boats and TVs and things, it's like, I'm going to buy all the the licenses, right? You have to go buy licenses and get licensed. You have to buy all the equipment. You have to buy a van. <clears throat> You're buying that you've spent the money in it and now for as long as those you look after those equipments they will make you money for the rest of their lifespan for the rest of you know their operating span
So one of the biggest problems, you know, when feminists come in economic engines, just washes the dishes and cooks meals and is abused by her husband when he gets home. <clears throat> a woman is like a general manager of a company, of a business, you know, she's, she's running education, childcare, she's running medical and health care, she's running logistics and, and household economy, like running the, the actual logistics of uh, time and place and food and energy. And, you know, there are so many things that like, well, I'm a boss babe. It's like, yeah, Proverbs 31 woman is for her household. Be a boss babe for your household, for your family, not for some corporatist who's laughing because you took 30% less wages uh, than a dude, you know. RJJ, guided by a philosophy of despair, they are hellbent on setting the table for failure. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the other thing for a lot of women, especially if they're not married. They understand that these young 18-year-olds coming out of high school are their direct competition for the men that they think they should be getting, you know. So you want to, uh, they want to sabotage them. Matt, welcome, fine sir. Uh, Copper star, keep young women out of university and old women off the internet. Praise God. <clears throat> John Noll, life insurance is cheap and nice. Dude, that's a great little business card. Cheap and nice. <laughs> but it is really just a fill-in for failures of patriarchy. Yep, and we'll get, to, we'll get to some of those now. Ideally, a husband provides life insurance, but there are also brothers, fathers, churches, who are ultimately called to care for the woman in their life. My fine sir, you are hitting my point number three. Copper star, the key is to outlive your wife. Bam, problem solved. Problem is like statistically, I think we're on like a, like a two to one, not gonna happen. <laughs> Especially if we marry, as should have been the case, younger. Mr. Max, have your wife buried with you and your most valued possessions. Problem solved, Viking pilled. And probably like Hindu pilled. I think there were some Indian vibes going on there. Pharaoh, oh, there we go. Thank you, Cupstar. Pharaoh pilled. I got a pagan moment. Very good. Drongo, welcome. I've already welcomed you, but welcome again. Feminism truly is pushed on younger women by older women, as described by BAP, Hartiste, etc., as a kind of cartel device defending the older woman's ability to be promiscuous. My man, my man. F in the chat. <laughs> Potentially F. <laughs> Oh, I got I got nuked for a bit there, man. I hope you guys didn't lose a whole bunch, but I'm back. Thought I was getting drone struck or something. Lord, protect me. Drongo, teacher, professors, etc., are almost always these kinds of dissatisfied loose women pushing feminism on the young female students. That's right, we're back. <clears throat> All right, so let's go into John Knoll, hitting it on the head there. Our third point: extended family tribal institutions for the widow and orphan. So in the old days, you know, you would pay a dowry or a, a bride price to your to to the father of your bride so that you know, obviously thanking him and it's a trade property. But if you die, he has an asset with which to now take his daughter and family back in with, right? The second is brothers, right? You know, so there's that Leverite marriage, which is if if the wife doesn't have any children, you should take her in and, and help her to start her own household uh, and obviously take her into your household. The next thing is the church. There is a command from Paul, I believe, uh, or is it in James? 
in, anyway, probably a bunch of the, the apostles, <clears throat> to care for the widow and the orphan. It's probably all, all through Leviticus and Deuteronomy as well. To care for the widow and the orphan and the poor. And the poor there being the poor man who, who cannot get his household up and running. You, you give him a hand up so that he can get his household running. And that's the thing in, in, a, in a family, you know, in an, in an extended family, you don't tolerate um, poverty. You don't tolerate violence because you know that when things mess up, it's on you to now carry the burden of your brother or your son or your male relative's foolishness, you know? So there's a lot of invest, invested uh, in, interest in other people's success and prosperity and wisdom. Excuse me. It's the same in a church. You know, if in a church, a, a husband of, you know, one of the patriarchs in your church passes away, leaving a widow uh, and her children, you know, as a church, you're like, yeah, we're going to look after this widow so that she doesn't have to go become a wage slave, whoring herself out to corporate. Or having to literally go in and try and quickly find a husband to provide for her or something, you know, you take care of, of the widow and orphan. And then again, there's, there's stipulations on that of like, you know, how a woman is to remarry and there is a, there are God's ways on this. <clears throat> but it, it becomes a church. It becomes the elders and the leaders and the patriarchs of a church to not let the other men in the church, you again are very vested. You're very interested in the success of their families. You know, like, hey guys, have you built asset wealth yet? Hey guys, have you all taken out life insurance yet? Because if you don't, and you die, you are you have left the burden on all the other men in the church, which is fine. They'll take it up. But while you are still alive, all the other men are like, guys, let's not leave burdens on each other. You know, let's let's sort this life insurance crap out. Let's sort buying assets out. Let's sort having a debt-free house out. You know, and again, maybe in this climate, it's the whole Robert Kiyosaki in the streets. You know, you want to uh, be using, you know, leverage and stuff as they inflate it away, you know, fine, whatever your, your conscience gives for you. But the point is to, to have asset wealth uh, that covers all of your mortgages. If you have a mortgage, you know, so should you die, your wife gets a lump sum to maybe pay off all of the, all of the mortgages or whatever, or, or to go into an investment so that that income pays off the, the, the monthly payments or whatever. Um, you know, but we want the men in our tribe, we want the men who we are ride or die with to be sorting stuff out so that you don't have these feminist tropes. Oh, my husband died. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, you know, in my life, like my father, my father passed away when I was a teenager of cancer. And, you know, he left my mom in a very good place. They had asset wealth. They had sons who came back to the family business. He had life insurance, you know, he had set everything up uh, that it, it wasn't an issue, wasn't an issue. And so it is for us, you know, the, the next thing here is, is having a, um, a written will and a death pact with your ride or, tie, ride or die guys. You know, we need to have a written will that like when the lump sum of money comes in, you know, it's getting invested with this guy who we trust. And then you have to have that conversation with that guy who you trust, you know, if like, Hey, would you, if something happens to me, would you look after my wife and children? You know, we've had this, you know, conversation, but it's like, you know, Hey, when I die, can, can our children, will you look after our children? If, if that happens, and it's like, yes, you know, for the, for the people that you are in pact with, in tribe with, in family with, 
It's like, yeah. And, but that also allows you to draw, it also allows you to pull interest into their lives of like, you know, like, hey, look, if I am going to look after your children, have you at least got a life insurance policy? You know, if I am going to look after your your wife, you know, what are, what are you, what is, like, can I look at your finances? You know, are you in huge debt? Like, what is going to happen? You know, and talk through all that stuff. Like, it, it's a great honest moment that you can have. And then have a plan for your children's children. We're all going to die, chaps. We're all going to die. Have a plan for your children's children. Proverbs says, a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What are you raising your children? You know, it's like I say, I wish I had never gone to, to public school. I wish I had just followed my dad around, you know, as he went about his life and, and business. But it's like, are we raising our children uh, to be, are we raising them in the way that they should go so that when we're gone, we're, you know, no one has to worry about them. No one has to be like, oh, you know, they were never disciplined or they were never uh, given a vision or they were never skilled or they were never uh, set up for success. You know, how do we set them up for success? And that's going to be different for each child. It's going to be different for your context. But it's like you want to start planning that out. Matt, have you read Bronze Age Mindset? What do you think about BAP's idea that Africa might once again become a new frontier of adventure, high piracy, and exploration? Yes, I have read it. Uh, the first time I tried to read it, I got stuck in the beginning, uh, in the reads at the beginning. Uh, the second time I tried again and just pushed through, and it was like it became a romp. Like it was a wonderfully fun book. I like the militarism. I like the uh, adventurism. Uh, and I like, you know, his whole thing of like anything that was ever achieved was never achieved by a man alone. It was always a bunch of ride or die guys. Like Alexander had a bunch of ride or die guys. So I really like that aspect of it. Um, and then his idea about Africa, you know, a lot of guys uh, back in South Africa are of the opinion that because it is so chaotic, because it is, uh, because the government is so incompetent and inept and just an absolute clown show. They can't do Australia-level tyranny. They can't do Canada-level tyranny, you know. Uh, so Africa is kind of this wild, lawless, which is a problem, right? So in South Africa, there's like 50 murders a day and like 50, 100, 200 rapes a day, whatever it is. You know, violence is, is off the charts. However, <clears throat> it's off the charts in places where there is no tribal governance, where there is no tribal institution. So, you know, where, where a lot of farmers have peace and prosperity is because they have associations. They have security networks that they are managing their own security, you know. And you don't go and live in the cities. You don't go and live near the violent groups. You don't go live where there's extreme inequality of poverty because it's like, you know, you're asking for trouble. So, yeah, man, fully, you know, and then as far as the rest of Africa is concerned as well, like, you know, South Africa being the most developed country in Africa is, you know, so a lot of guys are saying like, it, it's the best place to be, you know, because if you're going to collapse, you, you want to live in a place that has already collapsed because they're ahead of the curve. You know, they're 20, 30 years ahead of the curve. The rest of Africa, you know, there's like, I think it was Angola and maybe uh, of the Congos. Um, we're inviting white people to come and start farms, you know, like basically giving you a, a farm to go and start up there. So, you know, great opportunities. So yes, that may well be right. Unvax Chad, just waiting to get kicked out of the army is all. Well, sir, our prayers are with your courage. <clears throat> Don't fold. Mr. Max Dam, I need to write up a will. 
That's right. And it can even be a little uh, hand-drawn thing that you keep in your safe or your, you know, don't don't worry about, uh, you can make it fancy, which is probably good, especially once more power and more people are involved. But even just, you know, even just a written word doc, doc on your blog or something. My written will with a kill switch. <laughs> Drongo, Bap's Caribbean Rhythms are great as well if you enjoyed the book. The first 10 or so episodes are on YouTube. Matt, sorry to hear uh, you'll excel and conquer wherever God leads you in life. Unvaxxed, Chad. Yes, that is true. And what a story, man. What a story. Praise God. Yep, Mr. Max did. Who left a widow and orphans. He had no life insurance. We as a church supported them for a number of years. But she felt the need to go and get an education so she could go and work and support her family instead of depending on the church. Once she was through school, she asked to stop being supported. But in the process, her kids were in public school and they went super work. I would have rather seen her being willing to be cared by the church and focus on keeping her home and schooling for her children. Yeah, exactly, man. Because that's it, you know, again, all of this comes down. How much are we willing to let go of individualism? You know, the great joy of individualism is that we don't answer to anyone, you know. But if, you know, if you're in a community with a bunch of guys of like, look, man, you know, if you die, what what's going to happen to your children and your wife, you know? No one's asking those questions or, or very, very few people are asking those questions, you know, and if it's like, well, hopefully the church will support them. It's like, okay, if you're expecting that of us, we expect of you a few things, you know, and, and go through that. And, and even talking all the wives through it, you know, if you have a, 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 a way to do that in a sermon of like, look, woman, if your husband dies, we will take care of you. There's no need for you to think that you need to go get a job and an education, men, we need to sort some things out uh, for that to happen. You know, <clears throat> what a great, what a great thing. Uh, Matt, how do we be responsible patriarchs without becoming overly domesticated? BAP warns against the longhouse domestication that men fall, fell into in the 20th century. So two things. I, I, I see what BAP says with that and, and completely agree. Second thing, also the biblical uh, view of the household is, uh, not held in esteem by pagans. So what I mean by this is, you know, Wendell Berry is a great one to read on this as far as, you know, what it means to cultivate the soil because that's what BAP warns. BAP prefers piracy and uh, violence, not violence, but but an adventurous life, uh, un unrooted, you know, go and, and be wandering pirates which is fine before you're married, you know. Uh, but to be a cultivator of the earth is a biblical and godly thing. Um, it is within that place of being a cultivator of the earth, of building a household, of, of building roots in one place, that we do not want to lose the spirit of adventure, that we do not want to lose the spirit of uh, violence, you know. The kingdom of God uh, is at hand and violent men lay hold of it, take hold of it. That violence many ways for us to be um and again disclaimer our bad our, our our violence is not against flesh and blood our violence is against clowns in institutional high places what an adventure you know subversion and you know starting institutions and building institutions um you avoid the longhouse by by being a strong man you know and it's like you you can take the kind of pagan slash red pill masculinity uh approach of like I'm not going to become a domesticated man, so I'm going to avoid marriage and I'm going to avoid 
uh, children and I'm going to avoid rootedness, you know, and, that, and that's not the biblical way. The biblical way is in marriage, <clears throat> in children, in rootedness, becoming a patriarch, becoming a man of violence, becoming a man of, of order, becoming a man of direction uh, and confidence, you know? So yeah, it's a good, it's a good topic to, to constantly be, be pondering on. Liberty Garden, welcome, fine sir. And James Mostert, welcome, fine sir. The fact that we smash kettlebells makes us even more alpha. Well, praise God. Yeah, I uh, I watched some Pavel uh, uh videos. Uh, Tim Ferriss was who actually got me into kettlebells, and then he pushes a lot of Pavel's Pavel uh, Pavel's things. But I I'm uh, not doing too crazy stuff. Um, basically, just kettlebell swings, and then you know. Uh, a few, you know, using the weight in different ways to to lift, and then a lot of push-ups and stretching. <clears throat> John agreed on the biblical view of the household that pagans despise. Man of the House and War for the Cosmos by Chris Wiley are great books. Yeah, we're working our way through um, War of the Cosmos at the moment. War for the Cosmos. The first uh, two or three chapters were just too big brain for me so we almost like again it's the whole thing of like getting lost in the reads but then he, he finally gets into it in like the fourth chapter and it's like this is pretty good stuff you know his whole thing of the household uh being outsourced you know uh to just becoming an emotional relationship between man and a woman and it's like you know men don't do emotional relationships very well <laughs> you know and it's like you need to be doing stuff together you need to be building stuff together you know and then it comes back to this thing of you know, sexual market value and wife market value, you know, that as you and your wife do more and more things together and take on more and more uh, assets and building and institution and responsibility together, she becomes more valuable to you, you know. So praise God. All right, so that was the men. Now for the woman. What are for the woman? Point number one. Family vetting of potentially abusive or soy men. You know, like, but what if he's abusive, you know? And it's like, and you are depending on him for money. And it's like, yeah, you needed to vet the man you were going to marry. You needed to have your dad or your brothers or your pastor or men you trust vet the dude. Because they'll be like, you know, yeah, he's a good dude. We give you our blessing. And if he turns out to not be a good dude, we were the ones who gave you our blessing. So you come back to us. And we'll sort it out or we will look after you, you know, <clears throat> same with soy men, you know, cause that's the two, it's the two uh, deviations that women are unfortunately um, trapped by as either an abusive man or a soy man, you know, and it goes both ways. It's like if a, if a dude's a, a, an absolute soy boy, it's the same way. Like the men need to go sort him out. <clears throat> and then the second part is being a Proverbs 31 woman for your own household. You know, you read Proverbs 31, you get all these boss babes and ministry babes being like, Proverbs 31, baby. And it's like, for your own household, for your own household, not for some corporate, not for some, uh, you know, corporation that will never love you and never give you anything in return. If you pour all of your energy and time and skill into your own household, you have for the rest of your life, the fruit of that reward, you know? Um, this thing of uh, just how, uh, you know, BlackRock and all these hedge funds and corporatists have been monopolizing the, the residential 
market, the, the housing market, away from families. In other words, families can't get into housing, right? So many families are renting because corporatists have monopolized the housing market. Likewise, corporatists are monopolizing women, you know? So who is a woman giving her energy and time to? Is it corporations or is it a family? Is it a household? Is it a man that has a vested interest in her for the rest of her life? You know, it's this whole thing as well. It's the same with like that theology of like a an evil God, you know, the straw man that, that atheists use of like, well, if God is evil, why would I ever, you know, if God makes, if God, you know, all this stuff, <clears throat> it's the same with theology for feminists with, with marriage. Like, why would I get married if a man just wants to abuse me and exploit me? And it's like, when a man gets married to a woman, it's like, I'm very vested in my wife's well being, And like, you know, we have a long game together. Like, I'm not going to run her into the ground to, you know, it's like, it's, it's absolute idiotic midwit thinking. <clears throat> but it's this whole thing, you know, women need to ask, who owns my time and energy? Is it a corporation that I don't, you know, you cannot, you do not have reciprocity with a corporation. You know, at the end of working for the corporation, when you come to, when it comes time for you to die, the corporation, you don't own, you don't get any of the corporation's stuff, you know. But for a man, it's the opposite. You own all of his stuff you know, and then you have children and you own, you know, children, if they are raised well by a loving mother, will do anything for their mother. You know, young based kings would do anything for their mother. Uh, John Knoll, uh, Chris Wiley talks about the idea of the household being an economic term historically. Yep. Matt, great insight. Uh, now that you describe it, King Alfred and King Charlemagne fit this model of being rooted Christian patriarchs without succumbing to domestication. That's very good. Yeah, I think that's the key, man, is to find good vision, is to find good testimony of, of men who've done it. <clears throat> Liberty Garden, the other day at work, they were doing five-year anniversaries. Several young women were congratulated on their five-year anniversary. They started fresh out of college, and five years later, they are still single, without children, and in a cubicle. Dude, that's the story of Western clown world. Keep the woman away from their greatest calling, their greatest honor, their greatest purpose. You know, uh, the corporatists, you know, men want women to start a family with, to start a household with, to build a household with. Corporatists want women to drive down the labor wages with. That's another, another great thing is, you know, taking your health and lifestyle into account. You know, as men, we should be fit. We should be eating healthy, you know, and again, that's for women of like, you know, women are primarily very interested in nutrition, very interested in cooking and food and sourcing and all this stuff. And they're very good at it. If your wife is cooking for you and you're growing your own food or you're sourcing really good food, it's like, you're going to live a lot longer. Your medical bills are going to be a lot less. My husband died. And it's like, did you poison him with McDonald's because you didn't cook for him every night? <laughs> you know? And that's, it's the same thing, you know, with, with us as men is like, you know, uh, we need to be, we need to be exercising. We need to be, uh, living in such a way that stress is not going to kill us. And that comfort is not going to kill us. You know, we need to strike that. We need to strike that healthy lifestyle. Uh, I bless all of you. Praise God for your households and uh, all the single boys. I uh, pray that the Lord uh, would bless you. It says that, uh, Houses are inheritance uh, from, from fathers. A prudent wife is an inheritance from the Lord. So may that be true for all of you. May, may God be true.
and every man a liar. And then uh, for all of you gents who are married, may the Lord bless you with many, many children uh, and with land and flocks. Uh, may your businesses prosper and multiply. May you extend uh, your tent pegs, as it were. And may all your enemies <clears throat> who come out against you one way flee before your face seven ways. God bless you, gentlemen, and we'll see you all tomorrow.